Ramadan Reflections, Day 14, Men and Women, Garments for One Another. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitani Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. And welcome back to Ramadan Reflections for 2023, today being the blessed uh, 14th day of the month of Ramadan. We're almost at the halfway point, brothers and sisters. And uh, we hopefully are making the most of this blessed month, the month in which God's mercy and forgiveness is, is raining down upon us. We ask Allah to accept our acts of worship in this month and continue to give us energy to continue the Latin next uh, 15 days or so, uh, 16 days or so of fasting to be able to make it to the end of the month and the day of Eid, the celebration for completion of the struggles of this blessed month of Ramadan. Today we turn our attention again to another verse about women in the Qur'an as is our theme, not like the other women in the Qur'an. And how Allah speaks about men and women, husband and wife more particular of being garments of one another. And really our theme for today is quite apt, seeing that we are in the month of Ramadan. And the verse for today actually concerns a very important aspect of spousal, spousal relationships during this special month of fasting. Now, as believers who know the rulings of Islam through our religious scholars and through the verses of the Quran, we know that during the daylight hours, there are eight things which are impermissible for a person that is fasting to perform. And these eight things, if done intentionally, will break their fast. And not only will it break the fast, if done intentionally, they need to be ready to pay a penalty. And if they commit uh, a breaking of the fast with any of these eight things through impermissible means, well then the penalty becomes even much more severe. So what are these eight things? Just very quickly as we move on, because this is not a lesson in, in jurisprudence, uh, but eating and drinking is the first. Number two is sexual intercourse. Number three is masturbation. Number four, based on precaution, on obligatory precaution that is, is ascribing false things to Allah the Prophet, or one of the 12 Imams. May God's peace and blessings be upon all of them. Number five, which would invalidate our fast, is based on, again, based on obligatory precaution, is causing the thick dust to reach the throat. Number six is to remain in a state of ritual impurity until the time of the Fajr, the morning prayers. Number seven, as enumerated by our scholars of Islam, is to apply a liquid enema. And number eight is to intentionally vomit. If a person does any of these things intentionally knowing, um, that will invalidate their fast. Now, as I said, one of the things which is not allowed in this list is any form of sexual intimacy, uh, more specifically the actual act of sexual intimacy between the husband and wife. <laughs> Anything else is impermissible as it is, but between husband and wife in the daylight hours, when fasting is an obligation for both is impermissible. Now, commentators of the Quran, they note that in the early days of the obligation to fast, that is in the city of Medina, it was only allowed to eat before you went to sleep at night. And if a person inadvertently fell asleep before breaking their fast and eating, it was actually haram on them to eat or drink until the next evening. Now, you can imagine that kind of level of, of uh, struggle that involved and commitment and dedication. In addition, it was forbidden to have any form of sexual relationship with one's spouse during the entire month of Ramadan. Not only in the daytime, but even at night, 30 days, it was completely impermissible. 
And so two events transpire according to our commentators of the Quran and history of the revelation of this verse, which we'll get to briefly. So two events transpired, which resulted in the following verses being revealed to the Prophet. The first event is a companion of the Prophet Muhammad, may Allah bless him and his family, named Mut'am ibn Jubair. He is described as a person of weak stature, very frail individual, and he was fasting. He came home for iftar, his wife went to cook some food for him. In the meantime, he fell asleep. Like many of us do, we come home from work and we crash on the sofa. He falls asleep, he wakes up and he realized that he slept. And so now it was haram for him to eat that night. He could not eat again till tomorrow evening, the next evening. So historians say he slept the night and in the morning, as the Muslims were actually getting ready for the battle of Khandak, digging a trench around the city of Medina to, off, uh, to, to block the opponents, he went to help in the digging of the trench, and in the state that he was, he was, as it is, a very weak, now he's emaciated, he wasn't able to eat, he ended up passing out as he tried to dig and help the Muslims dig a trench. The Prophet came to his aid and he saw his state and he realized what happened, that he fell asleep and he didn't, couldn't eat. At the same time, we're also told that there were a group of young Muslims in Medina who were not able to control their sexual desires. And they ended up having sexual relations with their wives in the night of Ramadan, which again was a no-no at that time. It would invalidate your fast. It is at this point, brothers and sisters, that the following verse of chapter number 2, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 187, was revealed to Prophet Muhammad, may Allah bless him and his family, that says the following. It is made lawful for you to go into your wives on the night of the fast. There is such intimacy between you that they are a garment for you, enfolding you to protect you against illicit relations and beautifying you, and you... And you are, in the same way, for the same reasons, a garment for them. Allah knows that you felt that you were betraying yourselves by doing what you supposed was prohibited. And He turned to you in lenience and protected you from possible sins by not legislating such a prohibition. So now associate in intimacy with them and seek what Allah has ordained for you. And you are permitted to now eat and drink until you discern the white streak of dawn against the blackness of the night. Then observe the fast until night sets in. But do not associate in intimacy with them, meaning your wives, during the period when you are in the retreat in the mosques, in what is called the i'takaf. These are the bounds set by Allah. Do not draw near them. Keep a safe distance away from them. Thus does Allah make His revelations clear to people, so that they may attain piety, and be protected against the punishment, therefore. That was a very lengthy verse, a lot of things going on in it to unpack. Um, obviously, I just want to look at one aspect of the verse for today, just one point, and that's really only the portion of the verse in which Allah refers to the husband and wife as being garments for one another. Or as He says, that there is such intimacy between you that they are a garment for you, and that you are also a garment for them. Again, the verse has a lot more to talk about. We don't want to go into every single aspect of the verse. The history of Revelation should have cleared up why this verse came down. Um, I just want to focus and zero in on this description and discussion for, for today in this blessed month of Ramadan. We see how there's a unique way for Allah to describe the relationship between the husband and wife. Keep in, keeping in mind again, brothers and sisters, how Islam was seeking to restore 
the rights and dignity to women that the ignorant Arab culture of that time had been promoting for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years. And also, let us keep in mind, not that we relegate the Quran to 1400 years ago, but we also need to keep in mind how even today in 2023, in many nations and cultures around the world, the status of women has been and continues to be diminished and crushed. Even in the so-called West, the bastion of freedom and equality, women are still fighting for equal, equality and rights and freedoms that men have enjoyed, enjoyed rather for hundreds of years. Now in this verse, let's go back to the verse today. In the verse, Allah refers to women and men as being clothing for one another. You and I simply need to reflect on what usages we have for clothing that we wear. If you think about it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Clothing protects a person from the elements, from the heat and the cold. It shelters the body, keeps us warm in the winter, and hopefully cools us in the summer. Clothing protects a person's body from harm coming to them, albeit in a limited sense, depending on what the harm is and what kind of clothing is being worn. Maybe protected from poison ivy, maybe from a, from a bee sting, maybe from uh, the, you know, the UV rays of the sun. Uh, clothing also covers our defects or physical abnormalities or you know, cuts and bruises and scrapes a person may have on their body. You cover those from other people that they don't see. And lastly, not lastly, but lastly in our discussion, there could be more, you know, but clothing serves as a beautification for the person. And the reason why people today spend thousands of dollars on maintaining a current and up-to-date wardrobe of the colors and, and, and whatever colors are in fashion and whatever styles is because they want to look good in public or in private. The Quran wanted the husband and wife to know that they are not just a couple, but rather that their relationship must go deeper than that much more deeper than how the Jahli Arabs, pre-Islamic Arabs, regarded women. Right? This is, again, transforming the perceptions. Allah wanted men and women, the husband and wife, to know and recognize that, one, they need to protect one another from deviation, meaning going against the laws of Allah and engaging in actions which are detrimental to their physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. They have to be there for one another to help one another out when they need that help. They need to be there to safeguard one another and be there for other, each other in times of ease as well as difficulty. What else did Allah want us to know by calling us, the men and the women, husbands and wives, garments for one another? He, uh, you know, we need to recognize that we must protect each other and our secrets and not expose one another to outsiders. It should never be that the husband talks about private issues in regards to him and his wife to his friends. Nor should a woman ever expose her relationship with her husband to her girlfriends. These two need to be kept, these things must be kept secret. You don't go and tell your friends about, you know, issues in the bed or private issues between husband and wife. These are kept secret. You are covering one another as clothing does. And ultimately, they are a form of beautification for one another. They complement one another. They're not at odds. It's not that men are from Mars and women are from Venus or this or that. No, we complement one another. Now, obviously, this verse speaks to many issues regarding the rulings of fasting, what can and can't be done, the length of the fast, etc., when to start, when to stop. I don't want to look at that in, this, uh, in those, you know, those areas in this session. That's more of an area of Islamic jurisprudence, which you can all read upon. Um, I want to conclude here, however, and just remind ourselves that the husband, and, and the husband is 
to be a garment for his wife, and the wife is expected to be a garment for her husband. They're there, they're there for one another to protect, to safeguard, to store the secrets, and many other things. You know, they're both, they've, been, they've both been given this task by Allah in the Quran. Yet another example, brothers and sisters, of the way that Allah addresses both the women and the men in the Quran. Far from the Quran being a misogynistic book of hate against women, or a book that subjugates and represses women and puts them down. No, it is actually lifting them up. It's just we don't have that understanding to look at that, uh, the ayat in that way. As we continue, we move on in our discussion in this month of Ramadan. We want to continue tomorrow by looking at another aspect of the institution of marriage. Now, can men and women marry anyone they want? Or has Allah laid down strict laws as who, to, as who we can marry? You'll recall a few days ago we looked at marriage. That was in a different light, in a different context. So we're going to revisit this topic at a more practical level, we can say. And so join us tomorrow on the 15th day of the blessed month of Ramadan, where we review men and women only allowed to marry amongst the believers. Yes, you heard me right. Muslim men and women are only allowed to marry believing men and women. That is believing, not that they believe in God, but they believe in Allah. They believe in the Prophet Muhammad, may Allah bless him and his family. And maybe to an extent even, if we get into that, they are only allowed to marry amongst those who follow and, and devote themselves to the Ahlul Bayt. May God's peace and blessings be upon them. If they're followers of the Ahlul Bayt, if they identify as Shia Ibn Ashari, then we will see, are they allowed to even marry outside of the Madhab of the Ahlul Bayt or the Manhaj, the teachings of the Ahlul Bayt, alayhum salatu wassalam. Stay tuned tomorrow, we'll continue this topic and many more in the, in the remaining days and nights of the month of Ramadan. Until tomorrow, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.